You're listening to Packers Talk Network. On this episode of Cheesehead Radio, I tell Packers Twitter where to go. As we break down this embarrassing loss to the Giants, the injuries still look bleak, especially with the wide receiver. And Lambeau hosts the Bucks on Sunday. Four quarters of Packers talk, right here on Cheesehead Radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. It's time for some Packers news, fun, and frivolity here. On Cheesehead Radio, now in our 14th season, talking about our unhealthy obsession with the Green Bay Packers football team. As usual, our venerable hosts tonight are C.D. Angeli of Packers Talk, known as Tundra Vision on Twitter X, Threads, and Blue Sky. Kelly Hodgson of Cheesehead Radio, known as That Packer Girl on Twitter X, Threads, and Blue Sky. And little old me, Jersey Al of Packers Talk and Cheesehead TV. <clears throat> you can find me at Jersey Al GBP on Twitter, X Threads, and Blue Sky. We ask you to please support our friends at Ticket King, a longtime Green Bay business, and the official sponsors of Cheesehead Radio and all of the Packers Talk podcasts. So if you need Packers, Bucks, concert tickets, or whatever, support local business. Just go to PackersTalk.com slash tickets for more info. That does it for the preliminaries. Let's get this thing started. So maybe our expectations were a little high. Would you say? Just a little. Depends who you're talking about, but go ahead. Well, uh, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about uh, our Green Bay Packers, who had just snuck into the playoff hunt unexpectedly, and we're very excited about our last five games, all against teams with, at that point, no winning records. And they kind of laid an egg this week against the Giants. Giants have always been kind of a foible for us, haven't they? Is foible a word? Is that right? Foible? Foil? Tin foil, aluminum foil. Fo- They've been a foil. Foil a is foil the, is the prop. A foible is a word, but that's not the right use. Not the right word. Okay. Foil is the, the one you are. Foil. Yeah. So disappointing. Foible loss is like a, like an error, a mistake, or something, right? A foible. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So gather around, people. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> Get out your marshmallows. Here we go. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to kick off the show today just with my hot pocket, so you won't have to listen to me later on, but this is something that's just getting to me, so sit back, kids, because here we go. This is a John Rahor-esque rant from the olden times. The Green Bay Packers lost 23-21 to the New York Giants. It was obviously one of the roughest games the Packers have played in a long time, and I've been on Packers Twitter for, what, 14 years? There are people on there that I've gone up and down, won a Super Bowl with, watched, you know, disappointing playoff losses with, but there was just something about this week that just pressed my button. It wasn't just, oh, we're sad. Oh, it's not just we're frustrated. It was, this is the worst thing ever. There is absolutely nothing good about this game. Wait, what were you expecting exactly? 
if we had gone to the beginning of this season, and we've talked about this a million times, this season with the youngest team in the NFL, if I'd have told you we're going to play the Giants in our 11th game, and we're going to be without Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Christian Watson, Quay Walker, Jair Alexander, uh, Razul Douglas, all of these people, if we're going to be without all of these people, and I told you we're only going to lose to the Giants by two points, you'd be thrilled. Go back even just five weeks after the Raiders game, when we were what? two and five or three and five or whatever we were. And when I said, Hey, a couple weeks from now, we're going to lose to the giants by a couple points. We'd have been thrilled. We said at that point, you know, the playoffs are probably out of reach. We're just looking for growth. And guess what we did for five weeks? We had growth. We started putting things together and we put together some big wins against some solid teams. And all of a sudden the Packers started believing their own hype. You know, the Packers are a young team. We know that. We knew that they were playing with their back against the wall, playing with house money. They had nothing to lose. They put together a couple of any given Sunday wins. But we started believing it too. You saw it all over Twitter. I even had a co-host last week who was talking about making plans to go to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Now, Grandpa Al was obviously trying to tell us to temper it down. Good job, Al. But come on. Where is your sense? This is a team that is in growth mode. They're a young team trying to grow. And guess what? When you're young and you're growing, you know what? You're going to have growing pain. So why we are so bloody negative about this? This is part of the process. They got big heads. They didn't come in prepared. This team has shown what it is capable of doing. And in 2025, they're going to be awesome. I'm loving this team. But we knew this season was going to be a roller coaster. So sitting there screaming that there's nothing good about this people on Twitter who I've known for years and have a ton of respect for just being completely acting as if they were given some sort of promise. Oh, they promised they were going to be good. And now they let us down. I predicted it is still within the road and it's okay because we're not in it to win this year. We're in it to grow. And if you felt that something was taken from you because the Packers laid an egg against the giants in one game, that's on you, not on them. And that is my Hot Pockets. Well, we have the pleasure of a very early Hot Pocket rant mm. for today's show. I was annoyed. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Since sure. I, I was at the game, I was not following Twitter or anything during the game. What was it like during the game? Or is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about afterwards? Oh, after the I loss? think both. I think both. I so think what was it like during the, first the game? Half. It was frustrating. People were frustrated for during the game. It's like, okay, we're not just losing. We're losing stupidly. I think the vitriol started, you know, once the game was over. And then I purposely, and I'll mention this in my hot packet, went off the internet for the couple of days. I'm like, I just don't even want to look at it. it. It was pretty bad. And like I said, there are people that I know have a lot of respect for. And, you know, I'm saying, you know, hey guys, was there anything good about the game? And of course, I'm thinking, you know, uh, Tucker Craft looked really good. You know, Mally Keith, that last touchdown that he scored, the go-ahead he touchdown. He redeemed himself. It's not even redeemed. That was next-level wide receiver catch play body control. That's prime Jordy Nelson. That's prime uh, Donald Driver type plays right there. And that kid, you're right, that was his first big play. Um, that was an amazing, that was an amazing thing. And guess what? We're going to need him next week. There are positives in this game. I just didn't like how everyone just totally crashed as if they were owed this. You're not. But didn't okay. you know 
Bill Belichick's going to be our next defensive coordinator, according to the Twitterverse. <laughs> oh, really? Is that something that's going around? Well, there's, there's groundswell because I think Barstool Sports said, oh, they're going to part company with him at the end of the season. And immediately, the oh, yeah, oh-so-predictable well, Twitterati are like, well, he's going to be our year. Oh, Barstool yeah, good luck with that, guys. certainly knows what they're talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it fed, it fanned the flames. Like Kraft is and... going to fire Belichick. Come on. And he's going to come to Green Bay to be a defensive coordinator? Yeah, okay. Right. I don't know. What's more, what's least likely of those two things? <laughs> Stick them together and yes. it's, it's like zero <laughs> it's, it's percent chance. Um, it's I like think having the Santa for world peace. I think having the uh, Jets head coach, when he gets fired at the end of the season, that might be a good defensive coordinator pick and a little ironic too, wouldn't you think? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, he's not getting fired, but certainly... Oh geez, I'm watching. I'm sorry. I'm watching the Reggie Reggie White thing in the in the background. He's they're just showing every hump move he's ever done. <laughs> it's crazy. I would have loved to have seen a hump mood move. Every single oh, so many of these giant offensive linemen he put on the ground with that same move. It's amazing. Anyway, sorry for the uh, distraction there. Mm. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> I knew you were Salah, do that. yeah, Robert Salah. <laughs> he is not getting fired by the Jets. You don't think absolutely so? Not. N- absolutely really? not. No, there is no chance he's getting fired. I'm saying it right now. He's got the perfect excuse. No Rodgers. Not his fault. Rodgers got hurt. No Rodgers. Um. Anyway, it would be wow. nice. He is buddies with Lafleur. Yep. But See? I know that you can make that connection there, but it's not happening, people. Well, that sounds a little more realistic yet than Belichick. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that too. Yes, absolutely. But neither one is happening. I'll tell you what, before we kick out of the first quarter, we really get dig, dig a little deeper into the game. Let's yes. ask this important question that's going to come out of here, because the one thing I will agree with, and I never stopped agreeing with, is that yes. Joe Barry is really a hindrance on this team. Is there a chance if this team finishes with 500, slightly above 500, less than 500, sneaks into the playoffs? Will the Packers move on from him, especially given this absolute egg that he laid at the end of the game on on a Monday night? Oh, man. (laughs) We thought it would happen last year. Sorry. We thought it would happen last year. We were convinced, right? Packers didn't make the playoffs. Everybody hated the defense. It had to happen last year, but it didn't. So I'm not willing to, to make the statement that he will be fired after this season. I'll say it would happen we can wish you, we can hope yeah we can manifest um if you have more games like against the lions and the chiefs the answer is no if you can continue to lay eggs like this past monday the answer is it's possible yeah i just i just have a bad feeling about it <laughs> for some and that's just <laughs> a gut i you know gut feeling i don't well, know anything there was some good really good conversations we had yeah on twitter with some fairly intelligent people who are being thoughtful on it that, you know, between capers and between Petten and between Barry since 2011, I think I counted up. It's like eight first round draft picks, nine uh, first round draft picks on defense and six second round picks. I mean, that's That's there's more first and second round draft picks than you even have guys on defense. Right. Somebody should have taken this talent <laughs> and created one of the best defenses of all time. And yet, we had capers. We hung on to him probably three years too long. 
We had Patton probably hung on to him a year too long. And then of course we have Barry and we're hanging on to him two years, three years too long. Um, this is, this is part of the Packer culture at this point. Yeah, Underachieving defensive coordinators. <laughs> and the Packer way is, you know, with, with one notable con- exception in their history is not to fire coaches, you know, after a bad performance and just like that. It, it takes years of bad performances, unfortunately, for the Packers to fire coaches. Well, I think we're finally getting to years of bad performance with Joe Barry. So I'm going to still we, hang on to the it's possible if they continue to lay it. We continue to lay eggs. Maybe we can manifest a uh, fire ring. I'll Keep let wishing. you lead that charge, Kelly. Mm-hmm. I'll be with. You. I'll be no, on the train. Uh, you know what? It's it's Emma Diesel on uh, Twitter that's leading that charge. Oh, okay. No, oh, yeah. All right, that'll conclude our first quarter. Definite loss. Second quarter. Let's dig a little <laughs> more into this Giants game a little bit. Probably one of the most. Uh, glaring things that we saw in the game other than probably the defense falling apart was Jordan Love especially to start the game really being off on his passes it looked like a lot of his passes inaccurate and most of them seemed to be going high uh, and even the the prognosticators made a comment on point boy he's really making these receivers work hard for a catch um so yeah the, what was the issue there the, the inaccuracy issues that he had earlier in the season came back for whatever reason um, you know, I, I know watching watching the replay of the game. Like I said, I was there in person, but watch watching it afterwards and watching the replay. Uh, I think Aikman a couple of times was asking, "Is or the wind taking these passes?" I was sitting in there. There wasn't an ounce of wind inside that <laughs> that stadium. Let me tell you, the flags on the on the goalposts weren't moving at all. Now outside in the parking lot. Before the game, tailgating, it was windy, which it always is out there. But in that stadium, if you're down on the lower level, there is no breeze down there. Uh, if you're sitting up higher, you're going to get it. But that was not the issue. He was just, he had that in another inaccurate day for whatever reason and whatever causes it. I know one thing that causes it is Dexter Lawrence running over your, your guards and your centers and being in your face most of the day. That might make you uh, a little gun shy because that was happening. Yeah, that was, was a huge key for the Giants, the fact that he played. I mean, if he didn't play, I, I think you might have seen uh, quite a few more uh, <clears throat> receptions from some of the Packers receivers because Jordan Love would have hit them better. And when I saw some of the, the replays of some of his passes that just went awry, you look at his feet and they were just a hot mess. So several times he was didn't have either one on the ground. Yeah, um, he was still he was so the pressure. His, his mechanics weren't great because he was the, the the offensive line did him no favors, um, but it wasn't just him. I noticed that it seemed like the receivers regressed a bit too, and they weren't completing their routes. Uh, yeah, there were some, yeah, like they didn't like much. There were some communication errors, and that may have reared its ugly head too. But <clears throat> unless someone really goes out and yeah. says who's responsible, you don't know. But I well, suspected the, the, the same. The one you're probably thinking of is the the pass to Jaden Reed in the end zone where yep. he kind of turns, like the, a wrong, turns the wrong yeah. way, you know, and then doesn't know where it's the re- ball is. You know, that that play was reminiscent of Greg Jennings in the Super Bowl, but I think they called it a Tampa 2 with a twist. Well, he forgot to twist. Yeah, and um, the one that, that I noticed, uh, one, one of the D- Dontavian Wicks, one of the passes to Wicks that was just seemed to be off before – as that play, as they were setting up for that play, I think Wicks changed from the right side to the left, and he, he was looking back 
with his hands out. It was almost as if, like, what am I doing? Like, like he didn't know what his assignment was, you know? Yeah, that's called. another play I was thinking of, yes. Right, and then, you know, he didn't get an answer, and the ball was snapped, and he just kind of ran and did what he thought he was supposed to do, and it was an incomplete pass to him that, that was off. So I have a feeling that that took place there. But, uh, yeah, th- those are the two that I noticed, anyway. <clears throat> you know, and I've mentioned this, too, that – you know, when you're in high school and you're playing wide receiver, you know, you, they just draw that route, right? It's skinny post, right? You're going to go 10 yards. Mm-hmm. You're going to move in a little bit. You're going to run towards the center of the goal line. And that's your route. And you just keep running until you're done. You know, in the NFL, everything is a decision point on your route. So you're going to get to, t- you know, 10 yards. Right. If your defender is on the inside, you got to break to the outside. And that ball may already be in the air. Yeah, right. Yeah, that does like, happen. like, sure. And so that is a, it, it's a tough game. And that really was bugging loving these young receivers early in the season. It seemed like they got over it. And I don't know if maybe they just went with a slightly different game plan or a slightly different routes, but it seemed like that was back, you know, this whole, you know, Jaden Reed looking around for it or, uh, Wicks, you know, there was one play where I think he was going down the field and they said, well, he, he stayed inside the hash marks. He should have been outside the hash marks. That's where the pass was going to go. I think that was the one that was intercepted by the safety that he came up and, yeah. and, and it was just right there. It's like, well, no, don't put it right between where two defenders are converging on it. You put it away from them. So yeah, it, it, it could have been a little bit of both, but bad day on both quarterback and wide receivers for the most part until the end of the game where it started coming back together. So we were watching the game with a friend and one of the things we both pointed out to each other was, yeah, when you've got the Packers struggling with the run game, it also wasn't called really well by LaFleur. And I'll give the example of, you know, that that jet sweep with Reed. You know, it works great the first time, but if you try running it five, six times in the game, they're going to catch on to you, and you're losing yards every single time then. Well, the Giants adjusted. I mean, they basically... Uh, the either the outside linebacker or their defense on the on the side that Reed would be running to just stayed put. He didn't he didn't you know attack. He didn't worry about the fake handoff. He just stayed there and waited you know to see if if Reed had the ball. And you know a couple of times Reed had the ball and it didn't go anywhere. Now it did work a few times earlier in the game. Obviously he scored a touchdown on it once. And that's another red flag. You know, you score a touchdown on a play, you know that they're going to be looking for it again. So, um, yeah, I mean, LaFleur, um, you know, took the blame for that one. It was a bad call, blah, 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 which which he does. And it was uh, in that situation. Um, I think I had read that, that uh, the Giants had six defensive backs in, you know, so they didn't necessarily have a lot of beef up front. And so, you know, maybe why not try to, to pound Dylan in there instead, instead of trying to take the play wide like that where everybody can pursue. But it is what it is. And, and by the way, there were missed blocks on that on that play. Oh, a uh, lot of them. The guy, <laughs> the the guy who ended up the guy who ended up making the, the tackle, uh, Elton Jenkins had him. His, it was his it was a linebacker. It was his job to block him. And he got to him but then just kind of let him go. Like he didn't finish the block. The guy gets off the block and fills the hole and, and stops Reed. If that one block it do- got done, it might've worked. You know, they, he, Reed might've gotten in. Uh, but in any case, doesn't matter. Didn't work. So, so Anders Carlson, how many Young points kicker. do we lose by? How many points do we lose by? I know. 
it's tough when Less Mason Crosby gets signed by the Rams and we're like, oh, but, miss me yet. But he got cut by the Rams today. True. But, Crosby? You know, it, it, yeah, he got cut today. Really? Yeah. Who's what gone? happened during the game? Did he miss anything? or? Did he, I don't think he played. I don't know. He didn't play. He didn't play. He, he I, was on the practice squad, wasn't he? I thought I thought the word was that they were going to activate him for the game. But they, but they never did. Oh, they never did. Okay. Yeah. So he was Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, he, he, Kelly is right. He was cut today. But he did, you know, back to Carlson. Yeah, he missed the one. But then in a, in a big moment later on, he did make a field goal. You know, so it, young player, you know, he's got to find his... His, his way, his consistency, and hopefully it happens eventually. I think we got spoiled, too, at the beginning, because what did he made, like, his first every, six field goals or whatever? Every attempts? kick in the first five games, actually. First five games, yeah. But since then, he has had at least one miss in six out of the last eight games. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, what you probably would more suspect <laughs> from a rookie kicker. Right. Um the the interesting about thing about that, or the not so fun thing about that, is five in five of the seven Packers losses, they have lost by four points or less. Exactly. So, Which again is something you expect from a young team, right? Yeah. I mean, well, you you could say that, but but you could also say from for a young team, you expect that they're losing by a lot. You know, so you can look at that either way, right? You glass could say, half empty, glass half full. Yeah, exactly. You could say, well, for a young team, uh, geez, hey, they're playing pretty good because they didn't lose by that much. Or you can say, you know, for for a young team, you know, which is to be expected, they're not going to win those close games. So I don't know which way I really feel about it, but I, I mean, you heard it in my rant. <clears throat> I think it's a good, I, it's a good thing. I mean, I think they're doing well for a very young team. Agreed. They're they're close in these games. I, I, I like this a lot better than getting blown out. Uh, For sure, as they absolutely. say. Speaking of getting blown out, let's talk a little bit about our defense. Uh, Danny DeVito, your boy there, Jersey Al. Hey. What is his real name, first name again? Tommy. Tommy. Tommy, okay. Uh, was, now, didn't was I he... say that he, that he actually <laughs> throws a nice ball? Yeah, week? he also runs like hell, too. That, he that runs like hell, yes. That was new. He had not done that at all in the previous games, which is why he took so many sacks. The Packers figured, the pass rushers figured, well, he took all those sacks. You know, we can just go after him and he's going to stand there and and wait for us. Well, he didn't do that, did he? He let them just fly by him. As LaFleur said, they went on a bunch of flybys and and missed him. But, you know, I I told Giant fans, you know, they're all making fun of this kid and uh, he's no good, you know. Like he throws a nice ball, and if you ask me, he throws accurate but passes. They, but did they need to show his parents? And- not, hold on, I'm going to say something that you may not like, but that game, he was the better quarterback on the field. That game. Oh, no doubt about it. He was more poised. He was calmer. His mechanics were better. I didn't this- need to see his parents and agent every play he made, but there it was. Father Guido Sarducci, you mean? That was, that was uh, awesome. <laughs> That's what I thought of uh, when I saw <laughs> Father Guido Sarducci, if you remember that. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I remember. in wrong, wrong hat. It made me right, he didn't need a different like, hat. I, yeah, he needed a different at hat. At first, but. I was like, is it Michael Imperioli? <laughs> and so I thought it honestly was at first. I'm like, no, that's his agent. Never mind. So Danny DeVito was named the NFC Offensive Player Amazing. <laughs> of the Week. 
against the Packers defense. Against the Packers defense is the point. We let we let Brock Purdy 2.0 have a coming up party against us. And we didn't adjust. It's like he ran and ran and ran. Nobody had an answer for let's stop the uh, kid who lives in his mom's basement. They couldn't they couldn't figure it out. We didn't have a single sack against the most sacked team, I think, in the NFL. Yep. Not a single sack. 60-something sacks. And you're telling me we have Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, uh, and we can't get a sack? What happened there? How did that that not happen? How do we not Not to make excuses. There was a hell of a lot of holding, but that happens every year. the The other part of that is it was against an offensive line that's awful. I mean, exactly. their right, ta- right tackle is like third string tackle that Gary was going up against almost every game. And sure, he was, you know, he was getting pressure deep, but DeVito just took one or two steps up and Gary was in no man's land. It just wasn't smart. Just wasn't smart, their approach. You know, they had been pretty good in previous games about staying in their lanes and, you know, not over committing. And like they sacked Mahomes three times who never gets sacked. Because they didn't let him out of the pocket. They stayed where they were supposed to be and they just kind of converged on him. Well, I think they, they figured they didn't have to worry about this game. They were just going to go crazy and sack him 10 times. But uh, yeah, it's still the NFL, buddies. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't just make assumptions like that. Well, and you know, the Giants are not out of the playoff. No, they're not. I mean, they, they, they do have a chance. I mean, they could win out. Uh, they could find them. They could find themselves in the seventh seed, and certainly didn't hurt their chances playing against the backers. So, yeah, you know, I'm not saying this was their Super Bowl, but you know, if you're sitting there with five games left to go, and you're sitting at four and six, uh, and you know you got to put on a run here to make the playoffs, Packers are the team to beat, aren't they? Given where they are in the seventh spot for the playoffs. Yeah, and you you could tell, you know, being there in person, you could tell which team was super motivated and which team was not. It was pretty obvious. Um, Giants scored on three of their last five possessions. Mm-hmm. Thank and you, Joe Byron. Punting. Um, at this point in the script, we're going to talk a little bit about Darnell Savage. Uh, I have a feeling you two are going to be a little savage on him. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to just before we go into it, I'm going to say I think he's out of position. I think that he's not been a natural uh, safety. And we've put him there because we need him there. It's where we drafted. I think you put this guy in a corner, possibly in a nickel or slot type situation. Nickel. Nickel. I mean, yeah. this guy This yeah, guy could slot, be. Right. But again, again, you have Joe Barry, who I've complained about incessantly, sticking to his little plan, his little scheme, and not working the defense to the skills of the players. We're probably going to get rid of Darnell Savage's. Because he's clearly not doing a good job. And, you know, is this going to be another situation where we're going to watch Micah Hyde go over and have Pro Bowl seasons with someone else? It's possible. Um, but obviously well, his play not helping <laughs> his chances. Well, it's funny. Um, I, was, I just got, was searching through t- uh, Twitter before and I came across um, Christian Watson's father. I don't know if you've seen any of his tweets. Um, he has some pretty thoughtful tweets about the Packers and today's topic was Darnell Savage and he talked about how you know he remembers watching him in in college in Maryland and the type of player that he was and then watching him on the Packers and seeing a completely different type of player 
and he was getting at, you know, what is he being asked to do and how is he being coached and, you know, talking about Joe Barry, basically. But mm-hmm. then he went on to say that he's convinced that Savage would, would make a fantastic nickel corner. And he's, he, he says, you know, he, he gave a bunch of reasons. I, I can't, you know, recite it all. But, but then at the very end, he says, I guarantee you there's a bunch of defensive coordinators, other defense coordinators, the NFL, just salivating at the thought of getting Savage cheap and converting him to nickel corner next next season. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, definitely. And, and if you're going to make a case to let Joe Barry get, go, that is my biggest case against him. From day one, you adjust your scheme to the talent of the guys you have. So Anyway, before we uh, finish up second quarter, the playoff picture is now a little more confusing. The Packers do control their own destiny for the seventh seed. If they went out, they win the last four games in a row. They are definitely the seventh seed. They might even go up as high as the uh, potentially the sixth seed, I believe, depending on how things go. But they are now tied with the Rams, the Seahawks, the Falcons, and the Saints. And just somehow, (laughs) if you if you you go like onto like one of the ESPN or NFL pages and they do an explanation of all the tiebreakers, like you know everything else is well, you know Dallas has a tiebreaker because of this game and. Uh, mm-hmm. Seattle has a tiebreaker. You read you read the Packers. It's like a paragraph long right. of all the different <laughs> scenarios on why they're in the playoffs and why the Rams, the X Falcons, Saints are not. Um, if they win out, it's great. They can lose a game. They could lose this game against the Bucks. Win out and still make the playoffs. Um, but obviously, a loss against the Giants now makes this a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. I figured with each loss, they're going to need a lot of lot more help to get get it get that playoff. Certainly. And, you know, and now we have to question a little bit. You know, we're, we were looking at these teams that we had to play the last five games. Says, oh, they're all easily winnable. Probably maybe the Vikings will be the only ones that will give us a little bit of trouble. And But well, then look at, the, look at the Bears. The Bears spanked the Lions this weekend. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Again, every, any, 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 any given, given Sunday. Sunday. Very good. And that will take us to halftime. Uh, that's another loss for us. So 0-2, we're going to step in the locker room. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your guaranteed authentic tickets from theticketking.com, a longtime trusted source and local Green Bay business. Just go to packerstalk.com slash tickets for more information and ticket links. That's packerstalk.com slash tickets. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back at Radio I am C.D. Angeli, Tundra Vision with you here. I am flanked by Kelly Hodgson on the left, split end, Jersey Albrocco, in attendance at the game at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey this weekend to my right. Good day, though, Jersey Al. I mean, you enjoyed it? Yeah, everything was great except for the game. But um, Yeah. Uh, no, even even the game. I mean, as, even though it was frustrating, obviously you had a chance to win at the end. So, you know, it was still a good game. But then Joe Barry happened, and that was it. And you were saying you haven't been to Lambeau for a while. I mean, what was your last Packer game before um, this? Yeah, it was the Seattle playoff game. Okay. Yeah, Ugh. which was, what, three years ago, I think? 2019? Yeah, a while. Four, I think more, four years, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pre-COVID. Just, be- just before COVID, yeah. Right. There you go. Well, we're going to hit the third quarter. Uh we're coming off a Monday night game, so once again, our, our injury report might be a little limited, but we have some information for you, and we'll go to our resident 
uh, injury specialist, Kelly. You want to talk us through some things? Well, things don't look good from the receiving core because it seems like everybody is hurt. So I'm going to talk about first who I think is going to be out for the game, and that's going to be Dontavian Wicks. He went out. He has not participated this week. Granted, it's only been two days, and with, with Tuesday as a day off. Um, but he has an ankle injury. Uh, Christian Watson still is not seeing any action. I'm he, I'm putting him as he's not participating yet um, with a hamstring injury. Of all of them, I think he's going to be the most doubtful because that can take several weeks to recover. Um, Reed, he went out mainly because he was in concussion protocol, but he's already exited concussion protocol. And he continued to play on an ankle that was a bum ankle during the game. So I think... He's already seen limited practice. My guess is he's probably the most hopeful of those three to play this coming weekend. Uh, Let's move over to running back. Aaron Jones is still out with a knee, but he's limited participation. You know, he was kind of a, almost a game day decision this past weekend. So there is still a chance, which is probably a good thing because AJ Dillon is out with a thumb injury, which I didn't know he sustained. Yeah. We have some Um, new names on the list this week. Yep. Some new names. However, he was out giving out Christmas gifts today. So I did not see any appliances on his thumb. I don't know what to read into that, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I think we'll get one of the guys, but not both of them. Then there's, let's go to other ones that stand out. Darnell Savage went out with a shoulder injury. He did not participate today. Jonathan Owens had limited practice with a knee injury. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon with a quadriceps injury. I suspect those two will be good to go. Um, the one I'm wondering about in these limited practices, anytime you see a toe injury, is that a turf toe? And that's Kingsley and Gabare. Turf toe, for those who uh, are not familiar, it's a. it sounds like it's like a fungus, but it's actually a ligamental injury to the big toe. And if you think about it, your big toe is a fulcrum for pushing off. Um, and it tends, it tends it's, it's affected Aaron Rodgers in the past. Um, no, not Aaron Rodgers. Um, he had broken pinky toe, never mind. But, you know, you think about, you know, taking off as – as a linebacker, this could really affect Angabari. He had limited practice. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It was actually um, Sterling Sharp who was the one who was Sterling really Sharp, affected, yeah. yes, by that turf toe, I think, 94, his last season. Yeah, before he hurt his neck, yeah. Um, because seriously, the, it's, 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 uh, you lose your power in your foot if you've got a ligamental injury to the big toe. Um, Jair Alexander has seen limited, uh, limited participation, which again. is better than the big fat goose again. Um, if I had to guess what type of shoulder injury he has, I, I would suspect it's a separation. So he won't, and he won't be back until he's relatively painful and who knows how long that'll be. Can we, can we just talk about that? Or do we not want to talk about that? Do we not want we to talk about that? Here's the, what the hell's going on oh. with Jair Alexander. <laughs> there's, there's a conspiracy theory going on. Well, there is. Do you buy it? No. I, I know Kelly does. No, oh, no I do mind. not. <laughs> I think he's got a shoulder separation. You look at what a cornerback does. They lead with their shoulder. <laughs> yeah, if you that's can't have, if it hurt, If it hurts like hell, every time you, you smack your shoulder into, into your opponent, you're not going to be effective. That's so that's problem, why I think it's a, I think that's why it's a shoulder separation. And depending on what degree of it, and anytime you, do, you talk about a separation or any other type of ligamental injury, you've got different degrees. First degree is a minimal tear. Second degree is a partial tear. Thir- third degree is a complete tear. Depending on the degree of the tear of that ligament, it's going to determine how long it takes you to recover. And he's at least a two, he's at least a grade two because he's been out several weeks. This isn't a little two weeks in your back, your back. That's the question. then. if, if this was 
the injury that was diagnosed from the beginning, why wasn't he put on IR? That's the question. Yeah, that is a good question. Or he's just not progressing as they wanted. So I'm yeah, assuming he's had. They, I'm assuming he's had an MRI to look at I the mean, severity. Obviously, they assumed he'd be back before four game, right? Otherwise, you put him on IR. Yeah. So and it's extended now to what five games? I guess five, five games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And and honestly, this type of injury is does it hurt and can you play? Yeah. Well, but, the other thing that I guess that got me there too is that he did not make the trip to New York. Uh, despite right. the fact that he did make the other two during this injury, he did go to the other two away games. And then there was this weird press conference, yo. <laughs> weird? He's always kind of that that he's weird? always kind of a weirdo. Yes, he's in outer space. He's in outer space, but no you know, the the two Aaron Rodgers belts and holding court when you haven't played in a month, it was just a really odd look for a locker room that now, you know, that took place before this game Monday night. You know, what's happening to that locker room? Because they, they had to put together here for, you know, five weeks and for whatever. But I don't know. The whole Jair thing just seems really odd to me. And I'm not buying into a conspiracy theory, but damn, dude, what what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Because negative attention is still attention. <clears throat> One potential positive is that Eric Stokes could actually be back this week. Uh, he was full participation today, and LaFleur said, you know, when asked about Stokes, that, you know, they'll, they're going to run him through some tests, you know, which is what they do, and if they think that he's ready, you know, then they think he's ready. Um, so that's a possibility. Might have some cornerback help there. That would help. Could use it. So we're going to get to our hot pockets, but first of all, and I know uh, Mr. Bracco, who is the king of multitasking, uh, is is watching ESPN's 30 for 30, uh, which I always enjoy those little documentaries, especially if it's someone who I watched growing up and you just like seeing these stories. Packer great Reggie White is now featured tonight, was the premiere of the Minister of Defense. Uh, yep. One of the numbers retired up. Hey, kids, when you go to the game, you look up at the board, there's a 92 up there. That's Reggie White, retired number. How is it so far, Al? Uh, well, I'm not, I don't have the audio on obviously, but it's just like continual highlights of him Mm -hmm. creaming quarterbacks, including Brett Favre, uh, when he was on the, when White was with the Eagles. And I think he, he hurt, uh, he he got an arm across, um, it would have been a penalty in today's NFL, you know, hit him right in the helmet with his arm and brought him down and, and hurt Favre hurt his shoulder on the play. Um, but yeah, it's just a heck of a lot of awesome highlights. <laughs> it was something else. Yeah, you know, the one thing that it was always interesting about him to me, as much as I loved him, he didn't even play the majority of his career in Green Bay. No, uh, he, he he played. He was the Eagles, a minority. Yeah, well, Eagles and then the Panthers. USFL, <clears throat> but, and you might right, and you might even say his most per, his most productive statistic years were with the Eagles, but his impact. I mean, right. just pure impact on a team and propelling a defense and a team to the Super Bowl sh- through almost sheer will um, was obviously with the Packers. And his leadership, you know, you think about images from from the Super Super Bowl 31. One of the things I think about is, and it always comes to mind when the first images, you know, there's Brett Favre running with his helmet in the air after that t- touchdown to Andre Risen. But the other one 
is Reggie White holding the Lombardi Trophy aloft. Now, he was so instrumental in that team getting to New Orleans. I just remember him sacking Drew Bledsoe like three times in a row. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, well, obviously, uh, let's all watch that. and We can talk about it a little more next week. But right now, that'll end our third quarter. Uh, 0-3, crappy week. Let's go to the fourth quarter. Oh, and well. Hot pockets. <laughs> All right, are you looking for two more hot takes from your Cheesehead Radio co-hosts? Sit back as Jersey Al and Kelly give you one last reflection on your Green Bay Packers. Jersey Al, as always, we'll start with you. All right, so I played the role of wise elder advisor during the week leading up to the Giants game at MetLife Stadium. I was continually counseling Packers fans to temper their expectations and be prepared for some bad performances in the remaining games. I also tried unsuccessfully to convince Giant fans that their team is not going to get blown out by the Packers and that the third-string quarterback they don't seem to believe in actually can play. Unfortunately, I was right on all counts as the Packers reverted back to the team that lost to the Broncos and Raiders and Tommy Cutlets did just fine for the Giants and led, led them to a last-second victory. The moral of the story, of course, is, as they say in the financial world, past performance is no guarantee of future results. And that is my... Hot Pockets! So I wanted to stay off Twitter right after this game ended. And quite frankly, it was good for my mental health to do so. Because I'm absolutely certain the chuckle farts on the internet have swung an entire 180 from a week ago where the Packers were the second coming to now they're just a bunch of bums that all need to go. In news that is shocking to absolutely no one, this is a developmental team, and they're obviously somewhere in between. Sure, I was mad on Monday night, but I got over it in about 10 minutes. We all know this team had some ups and downs in the final stretch of the season. We knew it was coming. And I think it's time to, again, temper expectations. If they slide into that last playoff spot, that would be great. But we would also need the top of the division to backslide as well. But if they don't, and the season's over after the, after the Bears, that'll be okay, too. The Packers have shown promise. Things could be a lot worse. We could be those lowly Bears. So let's keep it in perspective. And that is my... Packer Game Predictions. All right, here's another game on the schedule that in any normal sensical season would be on the list of quote-unquote games the Packers should win. The 6-7 and seven Packers, presently uh, holding the 7th seed uh, projected in the playoffs, are hosting the 6-7 and seven Tampa Bay Buccaneers, presently holding the 4th seed at present in the playoff race. This game will be at Lambeau Field, back to our noon kickoff times that were not particularly kind to the Packers, if you remember. The Packers open up as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home over the former NFC Central foe, now a fellow bubble team trying desperately to stay in the playoff race. Both teams, given a percentage, are both slightly below 50% trying to make the playoffs this year, and guaranteed the loser of this game will see that percentage drop dramatically. Kelly, as always... We'll start with you. 
Nothing getting beat by a kid who lives in his mom's basement for a little perspective. Now that we've got that absolute embarrassment out of the way, the Packers are back home and will be done licking their wounds come Sunday noon. No, this isn't a team that's going to run the table, but I think they'll play with more purpose this coming week. I certainly hope so. Because I don't want to freeze my butt off and watch them lose again. So I'm picking Packers 31, Tampa 27. It's backwards year for these young Packers. They lose to the teams they should beat, and they beat the teams they should lose to. So now we have the six and seven bucks, and they're a conundrum. Which one are they? Are they a team we should beat or get beaten by? I don't know. We'll see. The Packers got a heavy dose of humility, though, last week. One that was much needed. You heard it in the interviews. They're believing their own hype. And they got their butts kicked. And frankly, I think it's needed. Look for the Packers to come back this week with something to prove. Packers 28, Bucks 21. Well, I totally agree with CD that this team will come out with their piss hot, as they like to say, to show the hometown fans that they are not frauds. The big problem is the injury situation, especially among the Packers receivers. It's very possible the Packers receiver group could consist of a fourth-round pick, three seventh-rounders, and an undrafted free agent. It's probably going to come down to turnovers. The Bucks are 3-1 and one in games they've had no turnovers, and 0-4 oh and in games that they've had two turnovers. The Packers lost the turnover battle last week, but somehow... <laughs> Being optimistic, they will turn it around this week and beat the Bucks at home 20-14. to 14. Thank you so much for joining us on Cheesehead Radio in our 14th season. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can listen to several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at PackersTalkNet on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like our shows, give us some love and leave us a review. You can also find us on Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying Play Packers Talk Podcast. Finally, please be sure to support our sponsor, Ticket King, for all your ticket needs. Just go to PackersTalk.com slash tickets for details. Hey guys, it's a home. Go Paco. Go Paco. Just a, a piece of uh, d- advice, that's all. No, I'm not Back surprised by any of the injuries. You're just ignoring me? Okay, I guess so. I'm igno- I, I have banked it. I have banked it. <laughs> I don't know. You didn't acknowledge. You just kept like, talking to yourself. I did. I did. You did I not. Did. <laughs> CD? Okay, maybe I didn't say that. Why is, he, why, is he la- why is CD laughing? It's okay, so I'm gonna weigh in. <laughs> it's like this he's is like, gonna go father, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. This is like seriously, this is like stereotypical Al, stereotypical Kelly. It's just like. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.